Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Yeah But The Pool's Heated with Heather and Tim. Hi. We are um, coming to you, it's Wednesday night. Yep. Thank God. Thank God. Hump um, day. Yes. Um, so we had a couple things to go over today and we're going to jump right into it with Heather who's been teasing this story to me all day. Yeah, because it's a bonkers story and I was like, it was one of those things was where like you get somebody present and you're really excited about it. So you want to give it to them right away. Just like, no, you're going to ruin the surprise. So I didn't tell him about the story I found today because I kind of wanted to get his real-time reaction to it. So this is a story out of Washington State where there's this married couple in their mid-30s. You know, they were having a hard time conceiving a child. So they started going through IVF, which is just in vitro fertilization. So, um, the, the wife's eggs, like she just, she had like in, like inhospitable yeah. womb or what, I don't know. She, um, so they were looking for a donor, like a female donor, and then they were using the husband's sperm mm -hmm. to, you know, create a baby. So it works. Everything's fine. They have a baby and they, they didn't go into specifics. They didn't even say the name of the couple in like their real names because it's such a weird story like they just didn't want people to know about it um and i guess to get questions but because it's such a like a rare sign like kind of like this this doesn't happen very often okay um uh so something happens along the line where they need to get blood drawn like all three of them you know the um the baby needs to get blood drawn like it's sick there's there's something going on they didn't go into the specifics about that the three of them being the mom dad and the baby while it's in no after the baby's after been the born, baby's born. Okay. yep um and they find out that there's something that just seems off like with what the baby's blood type is like the dad, it's like, okay, this shouldn't be. It doesn't the, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So they do end up doing this, like, kind of like a genetic thing with the, like, a genetic testing. Like, yep. no, something's got to be wrong with, like, the first, like, what, what happened at the lab. And uh, they're like, oh, the father of this this baby, it's it's not marked, like, with the DNA stuff as the baby's father. But it's, like, 25% match DNA, which is like always an indicator that it's either like it's like the aunt and that's the nephew or the niece. So when this father was still in the womb of his mother, there were twins and he absorbed his brother. And sometimes in very small, like rare circumstances, the way the DNA is, this man's sperm, 90% of it is his and 10% of it is his brother's. So he gave birth, like the sperm that was taken. The dad? The dad. So he absorbed his his brother oh. in the womb. And then his brother's like dunked on him by being like. <laughs> Did he know that he had another person inside of him? Yeah, the mom knew that. It was like the first, that first kind of initial appointment where it's like, oh, there's two heartbeats. You're going to have twins kind of thing. And then in a lot of cases, I think they said like one out of eight cases, um, a pregnancy could start off with like one or more or like two or more babies. And then the cells and whatever would just get absorbed by like the most like kind of dominant, like strong embryo. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 
they end up finding out that the sperm sample that was given, what ended up producing this, their baby was like the sperm that came from his brother that he absorbed while in his mom's belly still. So I took some notes on this for obvious reasons, because this is a bonkers, crazy story, but I guess this isn't super... It, it like it can't be very rare. It can't be very common. No, um, but there are other. They they've kind of like picked up on this happening since like 1998. Since they okay. So like something that like figuring out how this happens where it's like no, this is my baby. Like they both know this is their child because it could happen to women too. Where it's like you give birth to a baby, but according to DNA tests. It's like, no, this isn't your baby. But same thing. If a woman absorbs, it's like the baby is attaching to the eggs. Because for women, too, like when you're born, like women are born with all of the eggs that they're going to have for their entire life. So <laughs> it's, it's an absolute crazy story. Um but yeah, it says as a result, um, 90% of the man's sperm is compromised of his own DNA and 10% is that of his twin. The man has another child. He also, this, so they were like, they have an older child. They did the same thing. And they're like, okay, this is really weird. Like the guy was like, I need to just get our older child's tested. Yeah, yeah. Same fucking thing. No way. So, so this like unborn, like you fucking absorbed me. Basically ate me, dunked on his brother by being like, these are my kids. So he's technically the uncle to both of his <laughs> children. <laughs> okay. So. <sighs> I told you. Yeah. <laughs> this so, is an insane story. All right. Questions that I just have though, right? Okay. What sort of role does the absorbed brother still have in the dad? It's just, um, it's a certain percent, like, it's a very, um, because the absorption of cells occurred while the man was still inside the womb. Uh, yeah. It, just, like, part of his DNA? Yeah. Is, is his it's brother? It's in his brother. Right. Jesus. And in this, in this rare circumstance of this happening, it's it affects like his cells and his sperm. His brother cucked him twice. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, and yeah, can you imagine just being like this a person who was never even born right. has children no. on this earth. That is insane. Yeah, and then the other story that I found um about this where it was like talking about it from a woman's perspective like it can happen to um you know the other right. gender too um this woman Lydia Fairchild like we know her name she was also from Washington state believe it or not but it, she learned in 2003 after a test revealed that she was not her children's biological mother um the results were inexplicable the um Miss Fairchild insisted that she had given birth to all her kids. I mean, that's something you usually yeah, remember yeah, yeah. happened. <laughs> she was applying for public assistance at the time. The state accused her of fraud and threatened to have her children removed by child services. And the court only believed her after a court officer was presented at the birth of her third child, which they immediately did like a DNA test. <sighs> 
to be able to prove that, like, even though the DNA wasn't showing that she right. was the mother of their children, like, they literally were like, okay, you just had this baby. Wow. Yeah. Imagine how shitty of a situation this would be, right? If you were this lady, you're not married, right? Mm-hmm. But you know this is the only guy that you've, like, hooked up with. Right. And you go on Maury. Yeah. Oh, well, and, no. And I was thinking that, too. Yeah, and it, it's not the dad. Right. But, but on the, but, it's like, it is. But it is. But, right. So, it's, uh, I, I'm looking through my notes where it said, like, that one, I think it's, it was one in eight percent of pregnancies are, like, where, um, it could have started where, like, it could have been twins, but just very early on, like, it, there's absorption. And um, a lot of people who have multiple, like, say somebody has one blue eye and one green eye, that's an indicator of, I mean, there's a scientific name for this. It's called Chimera, which there's, like, Greek mythology about it where it's, like, you know, a lion head and a dragon body and this kind of stuff where it's, you know, basically, like, two, you know, right, yeah, yeah. into one being or creature. Um, so yeah, I saw this story earlier today and I was like, what? And I did. That's funny. I thought of Mari too, where I was like, can you imagine her just being like, what? You know, just completely. She knows. Yeah. Cause she knows. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. That's super. Yeah. It's, um, it's nuts. And, uh, um, well, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. The Washington couple's case is extraordinary because the cells that the man took from his twin were germline cells, the cells with the capability to grow into eggs or sperm. <laughs> so that sucks for that dad. They're like, oh, we're going to have, you know, right. baby. And I'm sure, you know, it's oh, like. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's still, it, there's nothing, there's nothing weird. But there I mean, is, it's weird, but it's like. There's humor in that where it's oh, like. There's oh, lots of humor in that. You absorbed your brother, but he's like, fuck you, guess what? I'm going to like. I'm going to, like, mother or yeah. father your children. You right. Know? That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's, like, one that you have to really kind of wrap your head around. That that's something that could happen. Yeah. I mean, like, again, none of that. Because, again, I was, <laughs> of course, my dumb brain, when you're talking about this thing, when you start, you yeah. know, when you start talking about it, and you're saying, like, oh, it's, like, the brother's DNA, you know, that got in there. I'm, like, my, my brain goes, like, all right, look, I even know that you can't create sperm until you're, like, at least, like, 12 or something like that. <laughs> so I'm thinking there's, like, a weird child, like, huddled inside this guy that somehow <laughs> matured, you know, and then the balls dropped, and then he's, like, you know. He's got his brother he's, balls he's, instead of he's his He's switching them. No, well, maybe your brother's just switching them out, mm. you know. That's that's where my head went. That looked. would be a, a whole yeah. different kind of medical yeah. marvel. Right? Yeah. Especially if they never noticed. Yeah. That there was a, you know. Oh, it's just so crazy. Because it's like you, like, it's it's your twin. So I don't know if they would have known that if they were, like, identical twins or or if they were just. Um, yeah, who knows? You know, so it's like you're watching your son grow up and it's like, is that what my brother would have looked like? You know? <laughs> kind of thing where it's like you just look at him. Imagine explaining that story to your kid one day, too, and just be like, yeah. Yeah, Scooter, guess what? <laughs> right, right. Because then he could do the whole, you're not my dad. <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's. Like, your dad was never born. That's a weird. Oh, imagine being just in that situation. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's some, like. 
Yeah, hopefully you can tell South a book Alabama writer something on that. Because, oh, absolutely. You know, or a movie or something weird. Well, these know? people wanted to, like, remain anonymous about I don't their specific them. story. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get it, too. Like, I'd be completely willing to, like, talk to doctors, medical journals, right. whatever, to kind of learn more about the situation. Sure. and. But as far as, like, I don't like people knowing my business anyway. So, you right. know, stuff like that. Yeah. I, unnecessary. I can't imagine never wanting to, you know, to yeah. Just... And if they're going to go through the expense and just, you know, trials and tribulation of IVF, right. they're not going to give a shit when it comes down to it. No, they got know? kids. Yeah, they have kids. Yeah. And that's what's most that's important. That's really, yeah. I've, obviously, I would imagine that's what they came away from all of that with. Right. But what a roller coaster. Yeah. That's a <laughs> hilarious story. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. So, wow. Um, <laughs> that is. So there's that. There's that. That is just a ridiculous story. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't even know where to go from that. No. So we'll go into the most likely places. <laughs> The insurrection on the Capitol, okay. January 16th, which just <laughs> seamless transition into that, okay? Right. Um, and, and not that there's like, you know, there's obviously the impeachment trials that are going on that are interesting in their own right because the um, the prosecution, the, the House attorneys acting as the prosecution in this are actually doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making a really compelling case that uh, Republicans are just, because you have... You had six Republicans that actually had to vote to make sure the trial just went on. Because yeah. at first, the first thing that they did in the trial that Trump's lawyers tried to do was say, do we even really need to be here? Yeah. I mean, guys, come on. Yeah. You know? I mean, come on. Come on. Um, so they had to vote just to see if it was constitutional for them to go on with the trial. Yeah. Right? Six of them went along with it. There was one um, There was one extra Republican that went, uh, that signed on. To, that voted to continue with it. So they have that was six. So you had this whole thing where the prosecution's making a really compelling case. They're showing videos of the insurrection. They're showing just really terrifying, terrifying videos. Um, and like body cam footage, body cam from, footage, like, footage security footage. Um, they in today's the, the second day of it, and they had they showed new vi, uh, new footage that had never been seen. We nobody's like. Um, or at least it wasn't public, right? Mm-hmm. And so that so they're doing this. They're doing like a really good job that I didn't expect them to do. Yeah. You know, so it's it's been kind of interesting to watch. And then you have these other Republican senators that are just squirming. You yeah. know, they're just like I just want to pretend like this didn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. like Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, all those guys right. are like because they know what it looks like yeah. and they Absol- don't want to defend it. Absolutely. So now the other side of the coin. Is that you have all these people that were arrested and now awaiting trial um, with charges from from the actual insurrection when you know now they're being um, they're being brought up on charges of violence, obviously like you know breaking and entering on federal land, like all this stuff. You know, there's a there, it, you know uh, assault and battery of police officers. It's it's a lot of shit that's going on. And now, once Trump left office and didn't pardon any of them, now all of a sudden they're like. Hey, what do you mean? If we were doing what you told us to do, you were supposed to you're supposed to have our back on this. And Trump doesn't have anybody's back. He doesn't give a shit. And that's one of the most bonkers things about that whole thing is it, just his entire base in general. Yeah. You, if anybody that thinks Trump gives a shit about them, 
you're just out of your own head, right? So now these guys um, have lawyers, and they're they're um, I'm not necessarily requesting because you can't really do it, but they're saying like, yeah, I would love to be a witness in this trial. Like, call me because I want to talk because yeah. I thought I was doing this for him. I thought he was telling me to do this to save our country. You know, some of the lawyers are saying uh, are quoted as saying. Trump didn't get in the car and drive him to D.C., but it's important to understand in context. You have to understand the cult mentality. They prey on vulnerable victims and give them a sense of purpose. In this case, Trump convinced his cult followers that they were working to preserve democracy. Like, that's a real thing. Mm. You know, because you, I mean, that's, that is totally true. Where cult leaders, and you've seen it everywhere from Charles Manson to Jim Jones to L. Ron Hubbard. Right. right. They prey on people that are looking for some purpose. Right. And then you pump them up, you pump them up, you you basically point them at something and say, go. Right. Yeah. And so now these guys are like, holy shit, we did all of this because this this guy who we thought we, was like our savior right. had and all now he's he now he's not even acknowledging us, right. you know, so it's they feel abandoned of course they do because they they thought they were really a part of something right. like like whether or not even the q thing was part of their you know that thought that was part of their purpose they thought that trump was their guy he he assured them that the election was stolen right that they were being lied to and that their country was going to completely change and it was being stolen from them. Right. And he pumped them up every day. And this is this is why everybody, um, you know, everybody freaked out. And some of it's rightfully so. Some of it's not when Trump got, you know, banned from Twitter and mm -hmm. Facebook and all that stuff. Like, there is a real slippery slope to that whole thing. But he was, he legitimately incited violence on, on the Capitol. Right. And... You know, and you're watching you're watching footage today, like the things we just watched, where Mitt Romney was walking down a hallway, and if Officer Goodwin hadn't like flagged and said, "No, you got to come this way," Mitt Romney probably would have been killed. If he walked straight to that mob, they hate him, right? You know, because yeah. he he voted on the impeachment um, uh, to convict on impeachment the last time. Right. They would have had his head on a pike. You know, I, it was so. It's just one of those things. Like, it's we. It's. It's not gratifying to see these people like all of a sudden realize, oh, this guy really is just a scumfuck scam artist, but that is what he is. It's like somebody took the red like MAGA hat off of them and they're like, oh, where am I? <laughs> what happened? How'd I get here? You know? How'd I get here? It, it's, it's, it really is a terrifying thing when you have people that have such a personality um, that can control people like that. It yeah. really is like you know. It's one of those things. Charles Manson never killed anybody. Right. You know, he never did. But the people that he basically, you know, he created the cult around and persuaded them to, and brainwashed them to, did. And Trump has such an ego. That's what started all of this. Yep. It's just that that ego and the the power and that god complex. Of, of, yeah, of winding up and winding up and winding up all these people to, to make him feel like, you know, he's, he's like, he's a God to them. Yes. And, and when he lost the election, he could not face the fact of rejection. Yep. You know, he can't admit defeat because yeah, he just, he's too arrogant to do so. So he ends up then turning these people into like, a you know, 
some sort of like terrorist organization where they're gonna end up storming the Capitol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Point in case. And so, um, it's one of those things going on with this trial. Like it's, it's just such an obnoxious defense to say, well, Trump wasn't there. He wasn't the one that you know beat the the officer to death or anything. You know, but words do have consequences and meanings. Like just because. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a First Amendment right doesn't mean you're allowed to say things that get people really hurt. Right. Um, another thing was this uh, law professor, Michael Stokes. Michael Stokes uh, Paulson. He's a law professor at the University of St. Thomas. Um, and he has, he says, uh, many members of the mob that attacked Congress and, and the Capitol understood themselves to be doing exactly what Trump wanted and directed them to do. Fight like hell and do whatever was needed to stop the steal. Trump's words and actions stand on their own, of course, but the fact that they were understood by many as intended to produce precisely the actions that occurred tends to confirm Trump's responsibility. Yeah. You know, I, it's, you have to really be, be um, willingly, uh, just willingly obtuse about the whole thing, willingly ignorant to, to see, seemingly logic, to think. To not be able to see any sort of connection between what Trump was always saying right. and what was always yelling about and always complaining about and always acting the victim and saying that, you know, everybody did. They had to fight like hell and all this shit. And then watch what happened and be like, ah, I didn't have anything to do with it. Well, this, that they were going to be doing something on that day was, it, it wasn't even a, like, that was already a thing that was planned before Trump said any of those words up on those stages. Right. Because... There were just um, message boards and videos on even TikTok and stuff. Yep. These people are just saying, like, January 6th, watch out. You have no idea what's coming on or what's coming. Like, some of the these, like, idiots that are, like, Q, quasi-Q people that are, like... Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Q-curious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like that Bobert or whatever her name oh, is. Oh, yeah, Laura Bobert. Yeah, yeah, I was saying some pretty... From, uh, from Colorado. Some pretty kind of sketchy things, like, uh, leading up... But that's what they were doing. They were radicalizing these supporters to fight and do anything to either stall what was happening on that day, you know, with the confirming the, the Electoral College. I don't even think Trump really thought anything could be stopped because everyone told him it couldn't, like unless there was a complete and utter overthrow of the government. It's like, I swear, Trump was waiting for somebody to go like, cut, and then like, yeah. you know... Because he's a Hollywood kind of mentality person. And and then Rudy Giuliani getting up there saying, like, trial by combat. What do you think these words are meaning to these, like, to these, to people. these people? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so anyway, that's, I just think that I want to just bring that up about how um, how it is just such a reversal of, of these people that were just die hard, do anything for Trump. And uh, now they are really seeing the the other side of the coin on that thing right all right so i think the last thing we kind of talked about is um so it's a weird one because it was a story one day and then a completely different story the next day yeah so um i guess this started to come out yesterday i hadn't seen it until this morning but mark cuban the owner of the dallas mavericks and the nba basically said that they are not going to play the national anthem at their at their sport events. It's out of uh, respect for what's going on and uh, respect for the players on his team. And so, and Mark, I mean, that's like a 
big thing, especially just in American sports right now, because right. everybody is bonkers and has a very strong opinion either way on the whole national anthem thing. Um, it's it's obviously been a polarizing thing since the whole Cal, uh, Colin Kaepernick thing, and then people have you know come along and done the same kneeling thing during the national anthem. It's been misconstrued a million ways, uh, just about what it means uh what what it's supposed to symbolize and then people getting either uh penalized for it or fined or yeah. or you know or ostracized from a league like Kaepernick did right you know um so that whole thing so i mean really he went to a super bowl early in his career and then couldn't find a job you know chad Hetty's still in the league you know they had literally ruined Kaepernick's career yes yes it really did nobody wanted to sign him because they didn't want the drama you right know? so so not that this is about Kaepernick but no. so now so now Cuban made that statement and then and, and apparently he had talked to um Adam Silver the commissioner of the league and told him that that was what he was going to do and apparently so he basically seemingly cleared it with him mm -hmm. and then um, Adam Silver and the NBA come out with a statement today saying that with fans that are going to be returning to the, the, uh, the arenas, that they're going to make it mandatory to play the uh, anthem at the beginning of every game. Mm -hmm. So one, I've always thought it was dumb to make it mandatory to do that. It's, there is no correlation between Sports. Sports in the, the the national anthem. It's not like you're playing on the, the national team. Right. You know, I get it if you're, like, at the Olympics, I guess, or yeah. whatever it is, you know. But you're playing, like, the Dallas Mavericks and the Celtics are playing. You, you don't need that. No. You know? and, it's, and especially if it's, like, a polarizing thing. It, like, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand what makes you feel all patriotic and everything about watching a basketball game. Right. Or a football game. It goes for anything, you yeah. know. They do it in in uh before high school games yeah well what, the, what are we doing here yeah exactly why and mm -hmm. and also it's like it with so many players that whether it's like you you see anytime there's there's a big game oh this person chose to kneel why this person stood right. up it's always ends up being some sort of story where it's like if you take the thing away yeah you know and heather made a great point after uh, i you know just blindly thought exactly that she said that um do you think that he's taking away his players ability to, to peacefully protest to peacefully protest i don't think that's what he's getting at no no i i mean i don't think so because i think he i because i think he wouldn't have because he wouldn't have done it in the first place if there was no there, no one there to see it right right he wouldn't have he wouldn't have had like, seemingly had his players back at that point, mm -hmm. you know. And now at this point, I think they're making a bigger statement doing it this way because he has said. Oh, I believe it's a bigger statement too, but I'm sure he definitely he probably got like his asked the team like, "What are your thoughts sure. on this and how you feel about it?" Too first. Yep, absolutely. So, but he has said that he is going to um, continue this, mm -hmm. and so at least for the remainder of this season. Uh, and it's you know it's only February for the remainder of this season. He will uh, he's not going to have the national anthem played at his home games. Yeah. So I mean that's pretty big. Imagine the fines that are going to come from that. Oh, absolutely. You know. I mean he's Shark Tank guy. He's Shark Tank know? guy. Yeah. I mean, he's got Shark Tank money. He's not worried about <laughs> yeah. it. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. I just I think it's a really interesting story of like the f really first and only owner in major American sports to stand up like that to the whole thing and 
And the point is, you don't need that at the beginning of games. You no, just you don't. don't. It's it's an unnecessary thing, especially if it's making half the country really mad and seemingly the half of the other country also really mad, but yeah. just for and different reasons. It's a distraction reasons. for his team. You know, yeah. it's like we need to be focusing on and not like these zoomed in camera angles of being like, this person's kneeling to the ground, you yeah. know, and like, oh, this person's still standing up. Like, what does that mean? And all of this and that, These you know, messages. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and Cubans quoted from like 2007 when like a lot of this was just big news and then like all this stuff's going on was quoted as, you know, saying to the effect that, you know, you should stand for the national anthem. You should stand like, cause it's proud, like all this stuff. Like, so he said that, so now he's asked, now that he's being asked like, Whoa, what happened? He's like, a lot of things happened in the last four years, mm -hmm. you know? I've, you know, come around to a different point of view, I've talked to people, and so I've learned a lot. Right. So I, this is this is what I, this is now what I believe. Right. And so I think that's kind of cool. He's probably talked to a bunch of his players that have said, like, yeah, this, this is a real problem for people in our community, you know? Yeah, if only open conversation and dialogue would, you know, give us everybody some sort of, like, understanding of, you know... Yeah, that would be really nice. We'd probably be, have, like, a lot less problems than we do right now. <laughs> if everybody could just have rational conversations, yeah, that would be nice instead mm -hmm. of just yelling at each other. Yeah, but there's a lot of respect in there for what he's doing. You know, he's by still refusing, even though they told him, like, no, you're going to have to do that. Yep. Refusing to do it at his home games, he's going to be getting fined. Absolutely. Probably at least, like, 20 grand or so, you know. You would per think. game. Yeah, you know, per game. Something like that. That's yep. not cheap. Oh, it's not cheap, but again, Shark Tank money. Shark Tank money. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. They're not worried about his money. Totally. No. So I think uh, that's all I got for that. I think it's awesome that he's doing it. And um, mm. yeah, we'll we'll let you know how much he's getting fined per game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you guys have a great Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.